Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Or is it? Which one of you is it? Dan? Maybe, maybe my Dan name. Dan or Dr. Dan? Maybe my name is... we got to figure it out. Maybe my name is something else entirely today. Okay. okay. Maybe I'll go by yeah, 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 yeah today. What about that? It's the rough translation. Um, okay. We're reading Nona the Ninth, the third book in the Lactome Trilogy. We're halfway through. Um, that's up to like day four. Yeah. Yeah. We have not started day four yet. That's right. And we've got to get warmed up. I have our, I have our warm up for today. It's been one that's been knocking around in my, in my notes drawer Mm. for a while. Mm -hmm. I've got a warm up notes drawer. Um, (laughs) it's where you keep the chip clips, the metal straws and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. This one's going to be about nachos. Okay. Ooh, okay. A, a little a little rant about nachos. And let me be clear. Mm-hmm. I'm criticizing nachos because I believe that they can be better. I I appreciate this from the outset. I would love I'm excited for your critique. <laughs> Honestly, I am. Okay. I love nachos. Yeah, same. Love them to death, um, but I very rarely order them at a restaurant mm-hmm. because they're different at restaurants. Correct. In that, well, okay, actually, so so when I do, well, let's let's back up. How do you make nachos at home? Right, you you get a little you get a little cookie sheet out, you spread them all out, um, and you put your toppings on. You put it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Don't don't come at me with this microwave nonsense. Oh no no, no. definitely don't microwave. Although you go cookie sheet, I think the pro move is pie tin. Pie tin. Because if you go pie tin, then you can layer, because okay. it's got the sides. Okay. I think the this pro move actually is pie tin. this actually is going to be key to my critique. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And I'm I'm very curious now to see your response. Okay. Because when I'm making my nachos, I am quite careful to make sure that I have all the spots covered mm-hmm. and. I get a good distribution, no chip left behind, basically. Yeah, yeah. We can. We all salute your service there. Right. That's not what they do at restaurants. What they do at restaurants is they pile whatever amount of chips onto the plate mm-hmm. and then, like, toss everything on top. Yes. Seemingly with no care... Yes. For the actual method of which I'm going to be consuming these nachos. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. What am I supposed to do with this? Yes, right. Okay, Luke, this is a huge issue that, honestly, the fact that people aren't talking about this as much is infuriating. Because you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's Nachos at a restaurant is a pile of chips with a pile of things on top of it. So you've got chips at the bottom that are just chips, right? If I wanted just chips, like you bring those out to the table anyway, right? I'm already getting chips. I don't need just plain chips. I want every chip to have something going on. I don't want to have to dip a chip Mm -hmm. into the toppings to get it on there. That's not why I ordered nachos. If I wanted that, I'd get a taco salad and use the chips that are on the table to dip into it anyway. Luke! Okay, and the fact that it's this. the fact that it's worse at a restaurant is so disappointing because it should always be better. It should always, always be, be better. better at a restaurant. Here's the thing, because their ingredients are usually better, right? I'm over here getting like uh, 
shredded cheese and beans out of a can and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. At the restaurant, the actual ingredients, pretty good. Yes. Yes. It's like they've got their house-made pico de gallo. They've got some pretty good guac. Um, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever meat or other toppings are on there are individually good. However, I'm getting three quarters of the chips with nothing on them, one quarter of the chips with way too many things on them. Yes. And, and I will say when they put the pico de gallo on top of it, the bottom layer of chips is just a soggy mess because the pico de gallo has liquid. Like I do think there are some ingredients you leave off the nachos and you let you have you include a little spoon maybe so that you can take oh, a spoon sure. okay. of pico and put it on there at the end. You don't put the pico on there at the beginning and bring it out cuz yeah, you're going to it's they're swimming in pico sauce at the right. bottom. Those are right. soggy chips, those are not nachos anymore. Here's what I want, I think for restaurants to have on their menu two mm. two nacho choices. Wow. Wow. One is the much less expensive where it's like what we're currently doing. <laughs> the one that takes 10 seconds for them to put together. The one that takes 10 seconds. The other one, a little bit more expensive, but I'm talking about like reasonable. Like, okay, actually, let me back up for a second. Because... The nacho prices are still the same as like a regular entree. Yes. And it's like, okay, you're over here like cooking my tacos and arranging them really carefully. And they're the same price as this fucking bag of chips that you've slopped stuff on top of. It's, what is, what is this? Come on. Discount, dis, take off the labor cost that you're adding to the nachos because there's none of that going on. And then let me pay the real price for the actual nachos that have been treated with the care that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to. I just want to acknowledge that I believe our righteous indignation about this is so well placed. Yeah, I'm so satisfied with this. Um, I love this actually a lot. I think. The, I think your initial nachos idea, where you have two nachos. I think here's the mo- here's the here's the tweak I want to make to it. I think cheap nachos are an appetizer. Cheap nachos are like mm. you're at the table with a bunch of buddies and you kind of are just like chatting while you're casually munching on something. Expensive nachos, that's an entree. That's what I want yes. as my meal is expensive nachos because I want to go back to how I make nachos. Really? Nachos are a lasagna in my mind. I know what you're gonna say. Because when I'm making nachos, right, I'm using a pie trap. I'm using a pie tin because I'm putting a layer of chips down, and then I'm putting ingredients on that layer of chips, and then I'm putting another layer of chips down and putting ingredients on that layer of chips. And so I have a lasagna stack with tortilla yes. chips as the noodles, right? And so you get you get a even distribution throughout, and you're not digging, but it's kind of a stack, right? It's kind of stacked up, so you can r- uncover some fun stuff. It's like you're digging for treasure. You can dip a little bit. That's the way to do it. For me, okay, this that's actually, nachos. I'm very glad. I'm very glad that you outlined this because it solves the one question that I was having, which is that you need more space if you're going to if you're going to organize this correctly but with your method you don't okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've solved it easy yeah easy stuff yeah and the added bonus is you can kind of eat it out of the pie tin 
Mm-hmm. So you don't have to move it to another like plate or something. You can kind of just okay, you know, eat it out of the pie tin. And then if you have queso or something, you can like just eat it, like scoop it in the yeah. But also what, definitely. What, what do you do? What do you do with the cold stuff? Actually, though. Oh, you save that for the very end, of course. Okay. But and and never but pico. Are you dipping? Or are I you never do on pico top? on it. Um, I typically will put it on top. But not Pico. Pico is the one that I will never, ever put on it because it's just going to make everything soggy. Pretty much everything else you can get away with adding like a little like a little drizzle or a dollop on there. Like sour cream, sure. guac, maybe some lettuce if you're feeling like you need some green things. Okay. Pico I have on the sure. side with a little spoon that if I want some, I take a little spoon out, put it on a chip, and then I eat it. Smart. I think that's good. I didn't realize I was this passionate about nachos until you brought this up, but I was literally at a Mexican place Every- yesterday and I was like, ooh, <laughs> nachos would be great. And then I thought about it. I was like, actually, they're always disappointing. So I'm not doing nachos. My, my theory is that everyone is, but they don't realize it until they have this conversation, which <laughs> listeners, hopefully that's true for you and we can start a movement. I'm so glad we brought this up. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're, you're, you're so welcome. Um, okay, let's talk Nona the Ninth. Uh, like I said, we are up to day four of the book, which is like chapters, I think, through or up to chapter 17, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, one question for you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, which is something that, that I think uh, on the Discord, I think Kai Dynamite said, hopefully, that this book is less confusing than others. What do you think? Less or more? I'll say it first, significantly more. <laughs> okay. Okay. At first, I was like, what is happening with any of this? What, hold on. What's going on? I'll say now, halfway through, I'm feeling much better than I was feeling halfway through Harrow the Ninth. Oh, okay. So if we're comparing okay, like I the think- midpoints, I think midpoint of this book fits in the middle, right? Harrow the Ninth midpoint... No fucking clue what's happening. <laughs> Getting the ninth midpoint? Yeah, I know exactly what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Relative. For for the most part. Yeah. 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 Um Okay. How- I think that this is I think that this is a good distinction. I was gonna go like a little bit a little bit less sense or a little bit less confusing, a little bit more confusing. Um in one thing it's more confusing because like well, for the obvious reasons that it's more confusing. The way that it's less confusing is that it's just like a child talking to people instead of like <laughs> s- someone interacting with like a uh, thousand year old beings in ways that I don't understand. Um, but I think overall, I think overall more confusing. Yeah. Oh, you think more confusing than Hair of the Ninth? Well, because Hair of the Ninth, it was like, okay whatever's happening in this in these like past things is not real and like yeah but actually, like what were them that's were the there. thing <laughs> that's the thing that i'm coming back to is like in hair like at least in this one we're not going over something that's already happened and like kind of rewriting it in hair of the night that was right. like what is this thing what is this thing that we're going back in time and talking about and why are we doing it what is any of this okay okay Whereas here, it's know. it's like the big questions are, where are we? Who is Nona? Right. 
And I feel like even the even those questions the, the aren't who that is known a the who is known a thing right isn't really like a confusing part. No, I agree with you. I don't think that's, that's the plot even... of the book. We're trying to figure out which one of these two she is. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I, I think less. I think less. Actually, you've convinced me. Good. Good. Um. I I do want to say because we've established a rule. Um, these children are. Talking a lot of shit about f- potentially fighting a bone lord. Mm, mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm a little concerned. Because uh, right. they're, they're really talking a lot of shit. Uh, now, I will say they have yet to actually fight a bone lord. So they're still, I'm still going to allow it. Like they're still in the clear. Uh-huh. But they're talking a lot of shit about fighting a bone lord. Yeah. I can't quite tell when they're talking about necromancy. Because, like, seemingly they bring in... It's like those Salem witch trials. Yes. Yeah. Are they actually... Do you think they're actually necromancers? I don't think so. I don't think that they are actually burning necromancers here. This feels much more like political... Like, Mm. they're, they're exactly like the Salem witch trials, where they're like, hey, you're kind of a troublemaker... So we're going to take out the picture. And maybe historically they tried to do this with necromancers or they did this with necromancers. But like, I don't think that's what's happening now. Okay. I don't, I don't disagree. Um, One thing that's thrown me is the use of the term zombies. I feel like this is just, this is just a term for a necromancer, right? This is just another. I I think so, but it doesn't, I don't like it. I don't think it fits. The word doesn't fit because it's like, well, they're not dead. Or are they? This is it's like it's like uh Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Mm. Except less pedantic, I think. Yeah. It's like, no, the zombies are the ones that the necromancies raise. Come on. Yeah, this is actually You're a confusing great point. me here as the reader. <laughs> Although, Luke, I wonder if Ooh. I wonder if this is more accurate. This might be a Dan prediction. This might, or maybe a Dan theory. I don't, this is not Dr. Dan because I'm coming up with this on the spot, but this is a Dan theory. Um, What if all necromancers are dead? And because we see that John has raised two dead bodies up to do stuff. Okay. What if somehow like necromancers are corpses that are like reanimated in some way? What if this zombie term is actually correct and we're the ones who don't have all the information? I mean, because don't they but, do a check on people to see if they're necromancers by like scanning them with a temperature probe and stuff? Like when they go to meet the blood of Eden. Yes. I couldn't tell if that's. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, like, we saw, like, in the Gideon in earlier books that, like, Harrow is born and that kind of thing. But now that I'm thinking about it. She's born by like killing a bunch of people and creating using that power to do something. I, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me immediately, but I I can't necessarily I'm struggling to disprove you. And I will say this. I think you can still have conception with corpses because we're learning. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> Let me explain. In these chapters with John, where he's like going back and talking about the um, process for how he found out he was powerful in this way, 
He was like, I was able to fully repair their bodies. I just couldn't figure out how to put a soul in there. They seem to not have souls. Okay. And so, like, if a body is fully functional, I mean, you could make a baby, right? Sure. Um, Just from a purely technical standpoint here. That's that sounds that sounds right to me. I don't know if anyone is in a position to prove or disprove it. So I, I think we have to say that it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe these are all zombies. Maybe they, they are. They be zombies. Okay. Okay. My critique, my critique is uh, rescinded. <laughs> well, you could be right, though. It could be just bullshit. <laughs> While we're talking about the, the bodies, though, I want to I wanna dive a little bit into John's process for like learning he was powerful so they apparently john was a part of this organization that was trying to create like cryo preservation for like Mm -hmm. space travel for long-term space travel because something really bad was happening on earth and they were trying to figure out a way to like get a bunch of people off planet and in the process of this while they were working with the bodies they were trying to preserve uh when they shut off their power john was able to like keep some of the bodies alive and like they didn't from decomposing from decomposing yeah sorry was able to keep some bodies from decomposing so that they were like consistent and stable um and it says like i want to say it says like three days after this happened they were like playing dress up and like throwing them into rivers and shit Mm-hmm. I feel like you wait a little longer. I feel like three days <laughs> is so quick to be like, well, they're not doing anything still. You want to like, I don't know, throw them around a little bit. <laughs> does that, is that fair? Does that seem quick to you? It does, but I don't, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to come up with where the line might be. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Sure, okay. And I think we need to take in We need to keep in mind here. That these are bodies they've been working with for a while. So these are not like, they're not like unfamiliar with cadavers. These are like, they're very right. familiar with cadavers and very familiar with these cadavers, right? And like, mm-hmm. I imagine, yeah, they're just like part of your job, right? Um, even so, <laughs> it feels quick. Yeah. To, it feels quick to be taking them around weekend at burning them like within a week. I, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, what do you think the line should be? Because this is a good question. How long do we I, think before we start doing wacky shit with them? Well, okay, I've. For one thing, I feel like there's a, a gradual ramp up, mm. and I also think that you don't get to the wacky stuff. <laughs> I, I come on. <laughs> Eventually, you got to get to the wacky shit. I feel, I feel like you can learn everything you need to know without, unless you want to, without doing the wacky stuff. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, so their progression, it sounds like they tried to get him to decompose. That was their first step is they were like, what if we hit him with a hairdryer and stuff like this? That one, it's like, what do you, this is a weird choice. Just like, I don't know, turn off the AC. Yeah, but then they smell hair dryer are you, what are they are you like standing there with it i think it said that they did like a bunch of them got hair dryers 
<laughs> and we're just <laughs> blasting them with it. Yeah. Although maybe I was misreading that and maybe they were actually styling their hair. Maybe that was still in the part where they were dressing up the bodies and it was less about getting them to decompose and more about making them look fine as fuck. Okay. It could have been. Um, but either way, you can do some more controlled experiments here if you, if that's what you're trying to... Th- I'm calling BS on them trying to learn anything from these shenanigans. This, goofing off. this is a huge issue for me too because it does sound like they just tried shit. It does sound like they were just like, well... I don't know. Throw them in the swamp. See what happens. Have we tried sending them to Chuck E. Cheese? Maybe that will have an effect. <laughs> and I think... Like, for one thing, even just heating... the, Even just heating. Even just, like, taking away the method of heating. I don't even think you need to do it. We've already established that, like, the rate of de- de- of their decomposition is extremely slowed if it's moving at all right i don't think that you need the heat right i think better i think a better test is like what's the littlest thing we can get to eat these creatures okay because in my mind decomposition is just like something real small munching sure munching on you is it all right so obviously the bacteria aren't doing their thing uh and the molds and the fungus aren't doing their thing what about a little kitty cat? This is a good question. If yeah. I, uh, is, yeah. Is this cat going to maybe take a chomp? Maybe like, ooh. Right. Ooh. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get, um, you get two animals. Yes. One a predator. Mm-hmm. And one a scavenger. Oh, yes. And see which one goes for it right see now this is the science that they're missing this this is a scientific test because scavengers are going to go for the dead person and a predator right you play dead if you want to escape if they think they're alive they're going to go for it it's it's foolproof this is outstanding actually i love this for us and i think them missing this test is probably why there are haters because they yeah, didn't, that's why they got their funding cut yeah they didn't do their due diligence and the science and people are mm-hmm. like yeah i can't approve this grant because you're throwing bodies into a swamp for fun <laughs> and you're dressing them up for fun he did not pass irb review for this <laughs> meanwhile we've got guys over here wanting to do experiments with vultures and lions and they can't get access to your bodies because you're doing wacky shit with it. You're... Their stuff is stamped, rubber stamped, long ago. Okay. Absolutely. This is so. This is so true. Thank you, Luke, for saving this <laughs> research project. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 my takeaway. Too much goofing off. Not enough serious science going on with these semi-dead bodies. Amen. Um. Do you have any more for the for the like dream sequences, which I'm assuming is what these are? Um, hmm, no, I don't. Okay, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I t- I have two questions for you. Number one, what are we gonna call Camilla and Palamides? Oh, Camides? <laughs> P- Pamilla? P- mm. well, okay, 
My issue with this, I mean, at one point we do have a little hyphenation going on when they mm-hmm. merge to like kill all those bikers. Right. But in most cases, they're very separate, right? Yes. Like we don't call Pyrrha like Pyrion because Gideon's not even around anymore. Gideon's totally dead. Okay, sure. But what do we call like if we're talking about them as a one oh okay like if you're just trying to say where is that body that houses both pamela and or see now i'm doing it i I mean do you just say camilla because she takes precedence i think for the most part camilla is the one that is in charge of the body like i think for the most part she is the one that's out and active and palamides is more of like a passenger most of the time okay okay well, I say a passenger. It sounds like they don't even observe what's going on. Right. Which maybe they should investigate um, like where they're at in the meantime. That's fair. But this actually leads me to the next question that I was going to ask for you. Okay. Like, so they, they switch off. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. We, we're, we're thinking that Camilla is, is in charge most of the time. Does When they're switching off, do you get a little nap in? Hmm. Is, you think, you're asking, is that where they're going? Right. I don't know. Um, It sounds like it's just a void where they, like... Okay, we don't get any details about this, so I think we're purely speculating. I yes think it's got to be like a Pokeball. Okay. Outdated on my Pokemon lore. So there's just like a little a little house you go to that's got all the things you need provided for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's a place in the river. It's a little bubble in the river that okay. you hang out in that's like furnished you can like if you can imagine it it can it can be there mm-hmm. for you it's just like kind of a nice a nice spot which is maybe why camilla is so startled kind of like has to shake herself back to reality every time they take her out of this cozy little cottage in the woods where she's maybe having a nice mug of tea sitting at a crackling fire yeah. into dystopian nuclear waste hellscape <laughs> And she's like, oh, I'm back. Right. Damn. Because, okay, here's here's the reason that I bring this up. Mm-hmm. Ignoring the implication that it's, like, extremely unhealthy for them. Yes. In some way. Yes. Let's take that out of the equation. It sounds really nice. Other, Let's also take away the equation where, like, they can't actually interact, um, like, synchronously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But... I mean, just just speaking of, like, the problems that I deal with personally, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we've got uh, this research paper that we're writing up. I've been working on it a little while. Let me go take a nap and you take a spin. I think you're missing you're missing an even more, like, beneficial part of this. And that is not collaborating on a project, but each of you doing the things that the other one doesn't really like, but you do. So, so like Camilla is going to the gym seven days a week and mm. Palomides gets to come in and be like, oh yeah, I've got a six foot vertical. This is awesome. <laughs> right. I, I agree with that. I think that that's very important to choose, to choose your um, body mate. Mm-hmm. Because if you both like the same things and dislike the same things, that's tough. 
Right, right. You're not looking for a marriage here. You're looking for uh, a person that just like likes the things you don't. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You're looking for a, a very much an opposite to you because that's the perfect yeah. situation where you wake up and you're like, oh, they already ate all my vegetables. Fantastic. I love that. Thank you. And then and then yeah. it can be like the I think that also leads itself to a really healthy relationship there because then all your notes to them are like, Hey, notice you ate the broccoli for me. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like mutually affirming. Cause they're like, yeah, you know what? I'd love to do it. And I'm so glad that it benefits you. Uh, thanks for doing those box jumps all day in the gym. I love having, I love being able to dunk on LeBron. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, no, there's a lot of way a lot of ways this could be very useful. Luke, what what do you think is the biggest thing you would want someone else to do for you in your body? What are we oh. And and I think the challenge here is we need to it can't be something that's just universally despised like waiting in traffic or something. It has to be something that some people that's, enjoy yeah. doing. What do you think is the thing that you could find a body buddy to do for you? Um I feel like someone that really loves cooking for other people. Ooh, Luke, we'd make good body buddies then, because I love cooking for other people. I I I have in the past, and for some reason I haven't recently. Um, and I really miss the. I guess I don't miss doing it, but I miss liking doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be nice. Mm. then but then again it's you're it's tough because then the person that's cooking doesn't get to see the reaction because that's what they're kind of actually going for you know? oh that's true but they get to experience it's a, yeah that oh maybe you take a picture you do a little video yeah you you work out something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um i'd be very appreciative Ooh, what what's something that you would you think you would be a good body buddy for what makes you a desirable body buddy where you're like, Hey, most people aren't into this, but I would love to. Um, while you're thinking of that, I'm going to say, uh, I would love for a body buddy to dress me in the morning. I would love for a body buddy. That's super (laughs) into like, uh, what are we going to wear today? Because I hate it. I hate that every morning to be like, uh, I did wear this two days ago, so I can't wear this again today. Hmm. What do we wear okay. today? I would love for somebody to just put okay. something on my body that looks nice. Okay. I think that's a good one. It's not something that I would have thought of. Um, mm. Ooh, actually, here's one. That's, that's something that I want some, to, to someone to be my body buddy. Mm-hmm. Someone that's really good at singing or dancing. Because there's a, like, I really, for one thing, I really mm-hmm. wish that I was really good at singing and dancing. But I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a few times where I go out and I look like an absolute fool. Mm. And I want and I want I want a replacement and I want people to be like, Luke's really good at dancing. I think I would hate that actually. I think I would feel too jealous of my body buddy. Like because okay. this is the other thing, right? Is <laughs> and I think this could be the issue with your cooking body buddy, is that they're cooking for everybody. And if people like your body buddy more than they like you, and they're like, oh, Luke's back. Uh, and you see that they're just a little disappointed whenever you come back. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> wait, like, wait, 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 are we doing a people know about it though? Uh, let's say they do. Let's say they do know oh, about it. Oh, that's different. <laughs> okay. Because I was tricking people into thinking I was good at dancing. I know. I know. 
but then you also have to deal with the personal under like recognition that it's not you anyway but let's assume people know well let's no assume... but it's us we're a team all right fair we're enough team. your team yeah um, yeah let's assume people know let's assume people are, are hip to it okay okay scratch that then um trying to think of what i would be good at in this circumstance or just it can even just be something that you like to do that most people don't right like i like I, to cook I, I actually really do like like going to the gym and that kind of thing yeah it doesn't work particularly well for for me necessarily but i really like it you're, you're telling me you're vertical so, you're not you're not able to jump over lebron james yet not yet okay it's a it's a project yeah that's good we're gonna have to work on that um I think that's a good one. I think a lot of people hate going to the gym. And that's a that's a pretty good category. When when you're shopping for a body buddy, I think there's a lot of Poe in somebody that wants to go to the gym. That's a good one. Right. For sure. Do you have one? Wait, uh, are you saying that yours is the cooking? Cooking is boring. I'm gonna say I like flossing. Oh. I kind of okay. enjoy the act of flossing and the Fortnite dance, I should say. The Fortnite dance. Um <laughs> No, obviously not. Um, I kind of like flossing, and I think a lot of people really don't. And I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it every day. Okay, that's nice. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I also feel like there are some people that really enjoy the like the satisfaction of like cleaning something. Yes. Or, or like folding laundry. This is the one that I need as well. I would love. I need those. A body buddy who will wash dishes, who likes to wash dishes. Maybe some, maybe a body buddy that doesn't like to cook but does like to wash dishes because then it's the dream team. Oh, that is a dream team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think those are those those might be a little too generic though. But fair enough. Um, but okay, let's 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 move on. Um, can we talk about how it's been ten thousand years at least in Horror of the Night? It's claimed that John is ten thousand years old. So it's been 10,000 years since John did his like big bring everybody back to life situation, Mm -hmm. which seems like when John was doing his thing was like kind of modern, the modern era. It was like Mm -hmm. probably the 2000s at some point. Um, And so it's been 10,000 years since then. And we finally have walkable cities. (laughs) Can we just say thanks? Thanks, John. Appreciate the good work that you did. Okay. Okay. You're saying you're saying the city that Nona is in is walkable. Yeah, they walk to school every day. Like they don't have a car, and they seem to be able to get around just fine. Like anytime they go to do stuff, they're walking. Okay, I think that's true. I think that's true. Man, it t- it takes a long time. You got to um, really build up that hope- infrastructure. We- was hoping to see that in my lifetime. Uh, it seems like you might have to start restart with the new planet. Or a new country, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, I'm jealous. Yeah. I know. I know. And like, you know, it sounds like they're not taking necromancers in cars to take them to the town square. They're just walking them over there, throwing them in a cage. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. What a great way to live. Right. I'm not seeing much public transportation, though, because this is only walkable. Okay. Like. That's a fair right? point. Because... Because, like, currently when you think of walkable cities, the phrase actually means, like, more than just walk. It, the phrase actually just means, like, not cars. <laughs> you sure? Because they seem to be walking everywhere. No, in this one. Sorry, I, I'm talking about, like. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about generally the phrase walkable cities means more than just walking everywhere. Right. 
I'm saying. I'm not. Maybe they've leveled up to where they don't even need public transit. Oh. Maybe that's okay. maybe that's why they're walking everywhere. You know, it's not because things are crumbling around them and nobody can afford to have a car. Probably, yeah. I think that sounds. Things are actually so good mm-hmm. that you just have to walk everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Man, don't you wish you lived here? It's a paradise. It's beautiful. <laughs> I think it sounds. I think it sounds nice. I think it sounds nice. Uh, just going to school. Pretty easy school day. Walk to the market. Maybe steal a couple sausage rolls on your way home. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty mm. good. Do you think that Nona... So, okay. So Nona is a teaching assistant. Yes. And I know that she helps out the uh, angel by walking the dog. Which, yes. I will say, pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she's like actually contributing more than this? Do I think Nona is contributing more than just walking the dog? Yes. I am more thinking that for some reason, Angel doesn't want Nona to know what's going on in the classroom. In the science classroom. Oh, interesting. And that's why she's like, hey, time for you to walk the dog, right? Bye. And so then they can talk to the kids like, hey, Nona's weird as hell, right? What's going on with Nona? (laughs) That's what they do every day. (laughs) Yeah. They're all just gossiping about Nona. Could be. Could be. Um, so what do you when you say helping when you say helping out more tell me what other things you think she's helping I just out mean doing. because a lot of the times when the when the teachers are talking to her mm-hmm. they like actually are treating her like a normal teaching assistant mm-hmm. kind of yeah kind of which feels like very generous to me well she's I mean, there aren't a lot of people that seem to be helping these teachers at all. Like, I don't think they have a lot. I think it's literally these two people that are running this whole school. Right. So I imagine anybody who they can get to help. It's just like, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> just do anything, literally anything, and you're helping out. You know what I think it is, actually? Hmm. So Nona has befriended this group. And... Nona is like the nicest person of all time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She says, I love you to like literally everyone, which is like adorable. Right. Right. And I, I, I feel like this group was probably a nightmare to the teachers before Nona comes along. All oh, of a sudden. Okay. All of a sudden we've got Nona who's like, like accidentally making them really nice. Because, like, Nona gets upset when people curse. And, like, if a normal person got upset at a kid for cursing, they would curse more, right? Uh Uh-huh. But Nona is so pure that they actually, like, accept it. Right. That they're like, ooh. Ooh. Actually, though. And they also seem to be encouraging and discouraging her in ways that are, like, I don't know, kind of what you want to teach children. Like she talks about how pretty she is and they're like, shut up, stop being so vain, you cow. And she like solves a problem. Well, that one's not great. Yeah, okay, not, also not great, yeah. Um, but she solves like a problem. She comes up with a cool solution. Everyone's like, Nona, yes, use that brain, fantastic. <laughs> right. So right. yeah, okay, maybe the bullying isn't so good, but the encouragement they seem to give her is is very good. 
Um, yeah. I like this. I like this theory a lot, actually, that Nona is because she does seem to be a unifying force in the classroom. She seems to be somebody that these kids like trust. Um, mm-hmm. And I I like this as how Nona is helping out. I think this is totally accurate. I will stand by the fact that I think the angel is trying to get Nona out of the classroom during the science hour for whatever reason. <laughs> Okay. Here's okay. here's why, Luke. I don't think they're doing science in the science hour. And let me tell you why. Luke, necromancy is a thing in this universe. Everybody knows it. And it's like, yeah, we can bring bodies back and they won't decompose and they'll just walk around and they'll stay the same temperature no matter what you do to them contrast this with the lesson they seem to be doing for like multiple class sessions where it's like put an ice cube in a sock and see how the one in the sock doesn't melt this quick it's like these bodies aren't melting ever so what the fuck is the point of your lesson what are you doing what is even science anymore why what are you teaching these kids it's not real it's not real what you're teaching them Mm. okay okay like things have broken down in a major way to where what why are you even doing science like you have to be teaching them something else here there's something else going on interesting i hadn't thought about how like if science becomes useless once there's magic like the lesson you're teaching these children about ice cubes is just patently wrong when we have this story about bodies never decomposing right it's like actually this does only work for ice cubes by the way there are certain circumstances where the things don't melt or decompose or change temperatures yeah the pro the problem with it is that the the lessons now do not are no longer generalizable to anything else correct which is tough um but i mean it does seem like this is more of like a daycare where they're not there's no point in teaching them science anyway even if it was like do do you know what i mean like they're just there to have a place to go right yeah, but like, okay, this is true. It's the same lesson for like a 14-year-old as it is for a five-year-old. Okay, yeah. And the lesson is like, hey, ice melts. How crazy is that? Right. Um, I mean, fair, but like, I feel like an art, I feel like a science lesson is way more effort than like an art drawing lesson if you're just trying to keep kids engaged and interested right yeah i don't know unless you're making stuff up (laughs) oh hold on that could be fun maybe that's what's going on it could be fun maybe they're concerned that nona is actually a science whiz and would correct the angel about some things that could be it actually yeah luke i've got a couple of theories Ooh, okay they have to do with the fact that we just saw an announcement from the houses and the emperor. Mm-hmm. And this announcement appears to have been streamed, live streamed to the populace of this planet, which poses a question. Why did they stream it? They, oh, ha- the recording? they have the capacity to record it. They said the recording would be played at 5 p.m. the next day. Why you have this big announcement about this policy you're trying to 
invoke on this planet why are you live streaming it why didn't you take some time and record it get it polished maybe have some cool graphics and like a soaring soundtrack in the background instead you're just like doing it live Ooh, this is a good question yeah I have, maybe they're really maybe they're really concerned about making it seem authentic i have two theories luke okay first theory uh it may, it may or may not be actually streamed it may Wait, have been you, it, it may have been recorded and it looked like it was streamed they wanted people to think that it was streamed regardless of whether or not it was because something being streamed implies the people doing it are like actively alive and capable and looking a certain way right so they wanted to portray the fact that in that moment they're looking pretty good and totally not uh corpses floating in a whatever beast the big planetoid eating thing in the middle Mm. of nowhere they're totally alive and down to oppress you um that's one theory that's one theory i'm thinking of the other one is that they're just so busy they have no time to edit or do multiple takes they're like yeah i've got a lot to do we've got meetings like literally all day we're we're doing this live yeah we're doing it live we have no time (laughs) yeah ugh I mean, I like both of those. <laughs> the first one is a little bit more intense. The second one's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> My issue so, with the actually, second okay. one is it seems too important of an announcement to not take a little bit more time for. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Sure. Ugh. Yeah. Here's 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 my theory. Okay, okay. so it's, it's Yante, right? Yep. And who is the second person? The second person is the leader of the Blood of Eden, I think. I thought. Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. The second person is claimed to be the emperor's daughter. It's claimed to be Gideon. This is why I was like, is. Yeah, exactly. This is what was confusing to me. There's a lot of this that's like. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, this whole thing is pretty confusing because Ianthe is also a man now presenting as a man uh yeah uh yeah i didn't quite follow that part okay i i but it's, from my reading they, they, they had nabirius's name as well it was like didn't wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah maybe they maybe they uh perfected the the combination thing anyway that's that's something else yeah my theory actually is just that um ianthe's a terrible actor and just could not do a scripted thing. Oh, I see. Like, have have you ever seen... Did you watch 30 Rock? No. Okay. Well, anyway, there's a scene where uh, Alec Baldwin's character from 30 Rock is supposed to act, and he just, like, cannot, doesn't even remember how to function. That's my, that's my theory, where they tried to do a recording, <laughs> um, and then they were like, fuck it, just go talk. Because nothing else works. Okay. Does this seem like Ianthe? Mm. Mm. Okay, I want to tweak it a little bit. Okay. 
Ianthe to me feels like somebody who just doesn't wouldn't really care that much. So like I sure. imagine they yeah. gave her a script and was like, "Hey, we need you to learn this." And she was just like, "Fuck it. Nah." <laughs> and they're like, "We really could use you to learn this like before you go on." She's like, mm, "I'll just I'll just do it." <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That feels that feels well. like Ianthe to me. For sure. For sure. Um, okay. I have one more note on Nona, actually. Okay. Which is the f- how hard they get her, or how hard they try to get her to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Nona is, like, has a liked-her body, right? Correct. In which we learned from last the last book, she does not technically need to eat. Correct. This kind of reminds me of um, some of the things that I try to get my dogs to either do or not do. Okay. In that, like, they will never work, and yet I still try them, and it also doesn't really matter. Okay, wait. Give me now. We need specifics here. So, so like, okay. For example, um, when I go like on a hike with my dog. Mm-hmm. A less than five mile hike. Obviously. She eats every blade of grass that she can find. <laughs> okay. It's a lot. And I always try to and I always try to stop her. And it's just not <laughs> it's just like it doesn't matter, right? Like no matter what I do, she's going to eat too much grass and she's gonna throw up the next day. Even if I try as hard as I can to stop her, if I don't try at all to stop her, she'll eat the same amount of grass and the same thing will happen. <laughs> And yet I cannot bring myself to, to like, just let it happen. <laughs> right. This, I feel like, is the case for them trying to get Nona to eat. Where, like, it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's, like, to, I don't know, do they need food to, like, build muscle mass or something? That feels like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. So I feel like it's just, like, a little bug in their head where they're, like, she really needs to eat. Come on. <laughs> they're like everyone's grandma when you go visit and it's like you need to eat more come on right but it's 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 not it's not gonna be enough to matter and she'll also be fine if she doesn't it like literally has no effect if it seems like it has literally no effect based on all the stuff we've heard about eating and drinking like dude can drink bleach and he's fine right so like I imagine a, a croissant isn't going to do much for you either way, you know? Yes. So mm, maybe, okay. The only thing I could think of with this is they want her to fit in. I Okay, I I kind of agree with this if she's like at school, mm-hmm. but they try really try to get her to eat at home too. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, wait. Wait. When she first kind of like comes to, when this new iteration of this person is in existence, they don't know how to do anything. Maybe now she can eat in school, but only those very specific things that they have had her eat already. Like she can eat corn dog. She can eat pancake. She can eat mm-hmm. stone fruit. She cannot eat uh, spaghetti 
absolutely no way has no idea how to even approach spaghetti because they haven't gotten to that on their list yet. And so that's what they're okay. using home eating time for is this is how to eat these foods. Oh, she's practicing. Practicing for the specific foods because otherwise it's just a disaster. <laughs> okay. I can see it. Sure. Right. Nobody wants to see her show up to school and they serve sandwiches and she's like deconstructing it, rolling the pieces up into little tubes and like right. inhaling them. Right. Um, I do think that's important. You got to practice eating correctly. Um, and yeah, she, like, she, they say she can't remember anything that's like like learning related. Right. So right. It's, it's just muscle memory. They got to keep doing it. Exactly. That's tough. It's really tough. Um, one of the other things that I love about this home life that Nona has, though, code words and secret hand signs, Luke. Mm. This might be my inner uh, child who loved to pretend he was a spy coming out. I need, sure. I need secret code words and hand signs in my life. Desperately. <laughs> I think this is something that uh, we all are missing out on in our everyday interactions with folks is like deciding on a code word that week that means something important and fun and then knowing you can use that code word in everyday situations <laughs> okay you don't have any of these at the moment do you? well like let's say I mean, other, other than the ones that we have set up ahead of time that we can't say yeah we them. can't say them but if we were just to make up some new ones like for example let's say uh let's say we are like at the movies or something mm -hmm. and uh Somebody asks, hey, do we all want popcorn? Should I get a big one? Or what's the deal? And we don't want to share popcorn with them, but we do want to get popcorn. And so we need to say a code word that's like, I will leave the theater after the lights go down and go get us a box of popcorn that we don't have to share with this other person. And the code word is like caramel apple or something. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay, sure. Where we're then like, oh, I don't want popcorn, but I'd love a caramel apple. And then I look at you and it's like, one of us is going to go get the popcorn for us once the, once the movie <laughs> starts, right? Because we're not sharing with Ted. Yes. Okay. Okay. I like it. This is a, this is a circumstance that, happen, that comes up a lot as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, ooh, okay. Yeah. And the key is though, which I don't know if they're doing in the book, you have to make the, the code word something that you can say casually. I think they did a decent job of making it did they? casual okay. in the book. Yeah. It's definitely still a strange right. thing to say, but it's not that abnormal. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it has to be strange enough that you wouldn't <laughs> say it when you didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the safe word rule. These are the, well, obviously these are the, we don't have to tell you guys no. the rules for code words. No, no. The strategies for code words. Um, yeah, they're a treat. They are a treat. And it's so, it's, it's so little effort, honestly. So you could literally tomorrow wake up and be like, hey, friend who I see somewhat often, let's have a code word for something. Here's, here's a cool mm -hmm. code word that would be fun to use or a hand sign that we could come up with. A hand sign's really underutilized. Incredible. It honestly is like, do you remember that Scrubs episode where the janitor can speak sign language? Yes. I love sign language for that reason is because it's like a and honestly any language that most people don't speak commonly is not only can you then communicate with people that speak that language obviously very cool 
but it it's like a little secret thing you can do with people as well mm. which mm-hmm. is just so fun the tough thing about that is then you need to come up with a code word to for when the person that you're talking about in that language actually does know the language mm. you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like hey this the code word is like something for hey don't say don't talk shit about this person in our secret language because that person actually speaks the secret language. Yes. And you can't say it in the secret. This is why you need to learn a third language to be able to know to do that. Right. And then you got to hope. Oh, it's but then completely if, orthogonal to the second one. Right. But yeah. if they know the third language too, then you have to come up with a fourth one. Yeah, this could be tough. This could be tough. That's where the hand signals come in. Yeah, get some hand signals, guys. Get some hand signals and code Everybody words. needs hand signals. Little do you guys know, actually, that the way that me and Dan organize what we're going to say without it being on the recording is hand signals. We'll peek behind the curtain. That's right. Listen for the whooshing on the audio. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Luke, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up next week. Mm-hmm. Nona, Nona the ninth uh we'll see we'll see how this one how this one concludes every one of these has had a pretty wacky (laughs) ending and i have no idea what's gonna happen here literally no idea where this is going will i know less at the end of this book or more who can say who can say um but you know i'll i know we'll definitely be there with you in the end coming up with hot takes and being dumb nerds (laughs) 